0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, folks. My name is David Edgar. I am the host of Heart and Hand Extra, the second show from the Heart and Hand team this week where we discuss the events of the week and we look ahead to Saturday's game. Joining me tonight, because there's been a lot to talk about, is Pod Stalwart, Mr Ian Hogg.
1: Good evening, David. Good evening, everyone. And uh, pleasure, as always, to be here.
0: Now, I suppose the biggest news of the week before we get to the game, uh, with the implications anyway, is the announcement that Stuart Regan has left the SFA or is leaving the SFA he's decided to step down and I suppose the question that that needs to be asked Ian then is uh, who will Peter Lawell pick to replace him
1: well I, I was actually wondering if Peter Lawell will pick Peter Lawell so he can deal directly with Peter Lawell and maybe have Stuart Regan in at Celtic Park reporting directly to Celtic Peter.
0: Yeah, I mean, it can get confusing between Celtic Peter and SFA Peter at times, but I I dare say he'll find some automaton who can go in. And all joking aside, Regan, I've seen some valedictory comments from people saying, well, you know, he made mistakes, but he always had the best intentions of the game at heart. And I just think back to 2011, 2012, and us being kick to the the, the carbon as we're lying there bleeding the SFA coming along and, and trying to throw salt into the gaping wounds and think no I'm sorry I, I don't believe that I can't believe that and I can't say I'm in any way sad that he's going but I, I do wonder what the replacement will be like and I certainly worry that it won't be anybody better um
1: there's certainly a better the devil you know worry clearly um there's got to be better CEOs out there. Uh, Stuart Regan might have done a handful of things well in his tenure. Simply not, simply and certainly not to us, he didn't. Um, I wish him all the ill fortune that life throws at him and every shite to be a hedgehog. Uh, I've, I've got absolutely nothing good that I want to say about the man.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's a bigger discussion for another day, but certainly... I don't think any friend of Rangers can say here was a guy who treated us fairly and that was all we ever wanted was to be treated fairly and he he didn't do it or to get the help that another club in our situation would have got and of course you're looking at illegal five-way agreements you're looking at Um, illegal sanctions being levied on the club at times we could all afford that you're looking at guys passing tests that should never have been passing tests and you're looking at the game being run in this country for the benefit of one club to the detriment of all the other clubs to the detriment of the standing of the the game the, the performance levels in Europe you're looking at the technical director being Malky Mackay which is a joke on every level and the legacy I don't know how anyone can spin anything to do with Stuart Regan, and it'll be the same when Neil Doncaster's time comes to an end. Uh, they they can spin it in any other ways that they were put there, by hook or by crook to do a job for one club, and they did it.
1: And so say all of us. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Regan Reagan, Regan's gone, and I guess the, the the thing that sums up his tenure, fantastically well, is. He missed out on Michael O'Neill, ex-Shamrock Rovers manager, who's done very, very well with Northern Ireland, but he missed out on him because he couldn't persuade him to come and manage Scotland and bring Scotland back from the ashes. We are, as a nation, managerless just now, and Stuart Regan, having presided over an absolute uh, downward spiral of the game in Scotland, now leaves us managerless and rudderless. Well done
0: To Rangers To the thing that we all care about Uh, Let's go back to Fraserburgh Where last night Rangers played In the Scottish Cup Third round And defeated Fraserburgh By three goals to nil It wasn't a fun watch But I suppose Ian You just A night like that You go job done Move on
1: Yeah I think that's uh, That's exactly it We won three nil So Three goals Hat-tricks for Josh Windass Clean sheet importantly no injuries and even though we won 3-0 the manager's still not happy all of that points to actually quite a good night at the office
0: You of course have played at a decent level Ian, what's it like on both sides of that fence where you're playing a team of lesser ability and you know that you should win that that you can't really win the game as it were because you're expected to win. You're expected to win handsomely, and you're expected to do so with a bit of flair. And you know that anything other than a six or seven nil, really, when you just want to get the night done. How hard is it for players to motivate themselves to deliver a, a high level of performance in that situation?
1: Um, so, uh, it's going to depend from player to player. Um, be it be, being a, a kind of defensive, more defensive player. Um, I always blamed the forwards, obviously, because they were always in it for themselves, and therefore they had almost, you know, uh, zero skin in the game to to put themselves out against so-called lesser teams. Um, that that drove me personally mad, and anyone who played with me certainly in the kind of latter half of my years will uh, will testify to that. On on the flip side, um, when you're playing against superior teams, you know that they're superior teams. The concentration levels have to go up tenfold, and again, you know, I, 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 it's something I found that I could do even when the legs had gone. Um, but the, the, that, that's that you're you're down to you know fine well one mistake and you're out the game, and that's when the kind of mood levels go down as well. So it's 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 really on both sides. It's really difficult, but it's concentration and desire really really play the part.
0: Yeah, I think Rangers did enough. And as I say, it wasn't a spectacular watch. The pitch was appalling. It looked as though it had been ploughed. Man, Fraserbrick can do about that. You know, they're they're a a, a tiny club and they don't expect to be hosting teams of Rangers stature that often. Um, I think with the exception of that little hobgoblin Celtic supporter who came on at the end and got sent off almost immediately, I think that any tackles that went in were... Either based out of tiredness or just being that bit slower and maybe looked a bit worse than they were. For Rangers, we brought in a number of fringe players. Did anyone play themselves, or could they? I mean, am I being fair here to say, you know, given the, the state of the pitch, can a Halliday or a, a, a Cardoso who didn't really impress, can they play themselves into the team, or is it a bit of a kind of thankless task?
1: Um. It's a bit of a thankless task, but I I just I don't think anyone in the team, and I mean really anyone in the team, did enough to displace the starting eleven from Aberdeen and Ross County going into the Hibs game. I don't think anyone did enough. Um, was the desire and will there and all the rest of it versus I don't. Let's just get the fuck out of dodge and um, and you know win the game and not get injured. It was very, very evident from the way they were playing yeah. That was first and foremost in the mind. Yeah,
0: no, you're, you're correct Of the two sort of attitudes of Let's go out here and show our class and get eight or nine Or let's just win this game and, and avoid injuries Then yeah, you're right It was definitely a lot Highlight, of course, or highlights came from Josh Windass um, Penalty for Rangers in the first half Which was, my opinion, a Stonewaller He puts it away confidently then second half, a, a really great finish. Go back and watch it again folks just to appreciate it. The first touch to set it up and then the finish, terrific. Then a, a lovely goal with the third where he out wide, cuts inside, drills it into the bottom corner and okay, the opposition, right? Caveat there, but Josh Windass is playing with a confidence the penalty for example that we haven't seen from him probably in his entire time at Rangers at the moment.
1: Um, no coincidence that all this is happening after he cut his hair, of course, and stopped wearing a fucking Alice band. Yes, hundred uh, percent. He, you know, the the. I think the real the real good thing about last night was Graham uh, Graham Murty after the game said, "Yeah, I know he got his hat trick, but he can do an awful lot better. He needs to be pushing up against the last man rather than coming so deep. He needs to be, you know, if he's coming deep, he needs to be turning and driving at them in full full flight." So it was. It was nice to hear that, even though he got his hat trick. I'll you know, keep his feet in the ground that wee bit. Um, but in terms of his finishing, uh, if you compare it to, just compare his kind of all round performance last night to Ross County at the weekend, where personally I thought it was very poor. Uh, it was again. There's there's night and day performances, and maybe contradict myself from earlier. That probably makes sure that he's in the, the starting eleven for for Saturday.
0: Oh yeah definitely I, th- I I think he would have been anyway uh, in, in all honesty I think that he's currently a first teamer I, I think he could only play his way out of the side And I don't believe he did So with that performance at all you're right um, But I think the manager really does rate him And clearly does see that more potential in him Than, than even he's been showing lately which is, which is great, music to the ears Now we've come to the end of the transfer window uh, A lot to talk about Overall, but uh, we'll start off with the the most up-to-date story, which was, of course, the uh, Alfredo Morelos to China saga. And news kind of surfaced earlier in the week that uh, a Chinese club who turned out to be called Beijing Rena were preparing a bid for Alfredo Morelos. The Rangers had turned down bids of five, uh, seven and a half, and eight million for him. And that Graham Murthy, from his interview last night, didn't seem best pleased by the whole situation. Yeah,
1: do you know, um, I'm... So, I think that there's a whole myriad of things to talk about here. One is, Alfredo Morelos Marillas, uh, Marillas is, is clearly wanted, which is good. That, that, that means he's doing well for us, fine. Uh, he's only been with us for seven months. Um, personally, I want him to stay. However, if there's silly money being thrown around, we're not in a position that we can turn down nuts money. If it's upward of 8 million quid and he wants to go, then he goes. As simple as that. Uh, that, that would that would constitute a 7-800% seven, seven to 800% profit after, I think there's a 10% uh, sell-on
0: fee. Yeah, there is. There's a 10%, 10% sell-on 100%. fee to Helsinki. Uh,
1: but, you know, it, it would equate to a 7-800% to 800% profit on an outlay seven months ago you know that that's that's no-brainer territory um however following that the whole media circus that's been around it which has almost been blogger-like and not rangers blogger-like uh it has been utterly bizarre to watch it's it's you know um taxpayer-funded journalists going all out to be madcap Celtic tinfoil-wearing bloggers?
0: Uh, I would say not so much blogger-like as blogger-led because, of course, straight away, rumours, rumours, you know, people make up uh, stories and start saying, oh, there's no way this bid is true for no other reason than they just don't want it to be. And I I said on our show uh, on Patreon on the Daily Update that Celtic fans have this fetish about their players being valued at a lot of money. I'm sure we all remember It's Agueri is a £10 million player, Rogic Rogic is a £14 million player, Uh, Boric back in the day was a £14 million goalkeeper, we all remember it, it's what they do. So they like it and for some reason they got it into their heads that this was a positive story for us, which of course it wasn't because you know we were worried we were going to lose a a player and maybe not replace him and now because the country involved, their transfer window doesn't close for four weeks, we have four weeks where we're kind of worried that 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 still could happen, so in no way was it a positive story. If Rangers were putting out stories to try and you know get the fans on side, they would have done so with targets you know guys we might be trying to sign, but the other fact that this of course ignored was that Rangers fans were perfectly happy with the window. We think we've had a really good window we're very pleased so the if Rangers had said on Monday, absolutely no business. Our fans would have went, oh, okay, fair enough, you know, and been quite happy. There was no desire or need to impress us. They had done so in this window. But because they cannot have anything uh, that's positive about Rangers, and they felt this was positive wrongly because they're not Ranger supporters. Rangers obsessives, but not Ranger supporters. They then say, well, these bids didn't exist, you made them up. Uh, to the point where BBC reporter kedine Isidine, who's the guy who kind of follows Andy Murray around on on Your Money, um, he says spoke to sources close to Chinese club who say they've had no bid, uh, they made no bids for Alfredo Morelos and uh, you know they, they couldn't even if they wanted to because there's a levy of players or over seven million dollars. Three hours later, he's forced to tweet. Actually, there there was, and you know, I was wrong, and I retract my previous tweet and correct it. Rangers received multiple bids for the players, uh, for the player from the club, and I was wrong. Three hours. It's embarrassing because there's no need for it, and where else or who else is probably more pertinent? Do they feel that they have to investigate the minutiae of a transfer? And it's because you've got Celtic supporters, and I use the term loosely because they're not Celtic supporters or Rangers haters, who are saying things like, well, let's see the bids from, from the Chinese club. Um, I'll put this as succinctly as I can to those people because I know they're listening. Fuck off. You know, we're not going to do anything because you want us to. <laughs> right, go fuck yourselves. So it's a bizarre situation, but yes, to see the major broadcast in this country, which the BBC are, going along with what is essentially a crazy element of the celtic support wank fodder is quite embarrassing
1: whilst at the same time ignoring the blatant lies of the manager of the other club across the city who brought in loan players remember loans are bad loans are bad uh, yeah uh, sorry some loans are bad uh, who brought in a lone player and then barefaced lied about him and all of that's airbrushed from history
0: Hoggy's referring to of course uh, Roger's comment that their new signing Charlie Massonda, Chelsea told him that Real Madrid wanted to sign him after he'd played for Real Betis where he was on loan against Real Madrid he's never played against Real Madrid and it would have taken it did take 10 seconds to check that out um, so just a blatant lie. But of course, there's no BBC. Nobody asks him about this. There's no investigation into it. Um, but with one of our transfer dealings, there's a full investigation into it. Calls to China made. And it, we are treated differently. It's as simple as that. And it's kind of embarrassing to see people who are supposed to be professionals humiliate themselves, which is what he did. And this is... Why when when people say, oh, this is still going on between Rangers and the BBC? Yes, it is, because they won't behave in a professional, responsible manner. And they prove it time after time, Hoggy.
1: I'll go back to what you said about Stuart Reagan. All Rangers want, all Rangers support want is parity. For a publicly funded, neutral organisation, is anyone really trying to tell us that's parity? No, absolutely not you know it's in no way shape or form can you imagine for a second the English arm of the BBC acting like that Jesus they would be hauled over the coals and taken to court before they could actually sign their own name against it it's it's utterly embarrassing and you know a, a, I do remember what you said uh, about uh, journalists up here and how they're viewed down in England and if they don't make it to England by a certain time, that's them, they're almost out to pasture. You see that just, you know, journalists up here almost get to a certain age and then realise they've not made it. And it's almost a case of, right, fuck it, behave badly. What's going to happen? I get paid off. I get a healthy wee, I get a healthy bum, and it, it's it's maybe maybe it's maybe we make it too easy. Rangers are the easy target; no one goes after them, and that that's really really the bit, David, that has to change.
0: I think that what interests me again about this whole scenario is that it's basically I think a modern symptom where people can live in an echo chamber if they so wish, and. They decide something is true, and Celtic supporters are particularly guilty of this. They always have been. They decide something is true, and that's it, and any evidence against it is a complete lie, which you saw today with the fact they're lauding the original tweet and then they're condemning Isidine for his later retraction. Well, it's, you believed him three hours ago, but it was, you believed him because it was something you wanted to hear. Now, they're then saying, ah, well, trainer made you do that. Look, this is the fucking BBC. When they think they're right they will go up against the government. They will argue with cabinet ministers. The reason that he's been forced into that retraction is that Rangers have contacted the BBC. Their lawyers down south have looked at it and went, you better fucking apologise because we are banged to rights on this. That's what's happened. It's not been a case of Jim Trainers phoned him and he's went, oh, I better retract that. Uh, and it's that sort of ability to construct a scenario and then never deviate from it that they have that's unsettling, that's odd, that's obsessive, that's troubling. That's a sign of certainly at least some form of of mental illness, in my opinion, uh, because that's what obsession, of course, leads to. And it's a, a really sad reflection on the professionalism of the fourth estate in Scotland, because they should be above this. They used to be, um, they used to aspire to be, and they're not now. And in this day and age where things can be checked and checked instantly, it's embarrassing when you see the selective target, and I say target because it's one and it's us who get it. There's been a lot of... There's a lot of stories. Celtic's weird three-way dance with Hibs and Dundee this week would have made an interesting thing to investigate. But of course it's never going to happen because they've got no interest in doing so. And, of course, they then... What do they do? They go to a transfer at Rangers that didn't actually happen. And I think Rangers fans are are, are wise to it now. I really do. But it's good to see the club, as you say, fighting back against it because... There's there's no need to just sit and take it.
1: No, there's not, and you know, I think you, you've you've said before, David, that uh, I think you put it quite well, that when you start at the outcome that you want to believe and work back from there, then today is the actions that you see, and um, and it had to be challenged and it has been, and I hope it will be from this point on. As you say, you know, uh, just just last night. As the transfer window, Jim White slammed shut. Uh, just just beforehand, we had, uh, as you say, that kind of weird three-way thing going on between Celtic, Hibs, and, and less so Dundee. I actually think Dundee are just caught piggy in the middle, where you had the the only in Scotland would you have the bizarre sight of the Dundee goalkeeper pitching up to sign for Celtic in Hibs gear. and no one one bats a fucking eyelid that's how strange it is up here just now
0: yeah and uh it's it's just an odd situation all round, but not one that as i say unfortunately that we're we're not used to so moving on though to a better a, a more positive transfer window story which is of course Rangers how they've come out of it All I ask at the start of every transfer window Buddy is that we come out of it Stronger than we went in And I certainly believe That we have done so in this window I'm very happy with the business Rangers have done I wanted Rangers to give us The the opportunity to Look forward to the rest of the season and push on And I genuinely believe that they've done that
1: Yeah Wholly agree We've gone from Um What we thought was a threadbare, uh, low confidence squad, to adding um, Declan John, we've added, which is good. You know, it converted the loan into into perm. We got Greg Doherty at the at, at the, eventually. Um, having been told, of course, by Chris Boyd and all in sundry, just pay up because we keep on unsettling players. Interesting that Chris Boyd doesn't tell everyone else that. Yeah, it is
0: uh, quite interesting. I wonder but... why. Yeah. I wonder why uh, he's not mentioned a word about Trevor Carson, for example. But yeah. hey, what do I know?
1: Indeed. Uh, and Greg Middleton, that was signed for the for, for, for the youth development squad uh, on Deadline Day. Add to that some, some loans in. Uh, a couple of which hopefully will be converted to perms. Uh, Sean Goss looks superb, I have to say. He looks as if he fits right in. Surprised how tall he is, surprised how how strong he is. Um, and my God, we've signed a player who can actually hit a corner
0: kick. Yes, that's that's a delight. Um, but I agree with you about Goss. I think that he could well end up being a, a real kind of surprise hit because... He brings something that we didn't have, which is a bit of composure and passing from the middle of the field. I mean, I really like Jason Holt, I really like Ryan Jack. I know their limitations, however. Goss is something different. Goss is somebody who can get on a ball and then quickly make things happen. He's not somebody who gets on a ball and then you know plays it sideways and backwards for a while. Uh, he, he wants to deliver that, that tail and pass, and that, that adds another dimension. Jason Cummings was a player we desperately needed and I've said raved about him you know he's a guy I really like and I think he'll score a lot of goals for us but A competition and or cover for Alfredo Morelos and maybe a partner a good attitude you know the kind of attitude we've lacked the kind of um, devilment that I think that a good side needs and Docherty box to box players these are intelligent signings because they are something different Russell Martin Centre half, we we do have quite a few centre halves, but again, somebody that's got that professionalism, the inspirational type, and you can see what Graham Murray's trying to do, and I think he's been given the opportunity that not many interim managers get to put his stamp on the side which he's been able to do. And I think as well, you're starting to see the Mark Allen influence at the club. I think it's slowly now becoming more visible because I do think there has been a sea change where the directors, who were maybe a little unsure at the start about the director of football idea, I think that they felt, yeah, we'll go for it, but they kind of kept their hand in just in case. And I think they've backed off because you, you can't do it halfway. You either do it or you don't. And you've got to, if you hired the guy to do the job, you've got to let him do the job. And I think this window suggests that's what's happening.
1: And we were quite vocal, you and I, uh, David, a few weeks ago about Mark Allen. And was it not, not in his ability, but about whether he was allowed to perform what would be a director of football role? I think we're, you're right. We're seeing that now. Absolutely. We're seeing him working hand in glove with, with Graham murty we're seeing players coming in from England and Scotland, which, you know, players don't have to be from from the British Isles to play for Rangers, but we needed that kind of core back. Um, that's what we've got. You know, we've got players who, uh, players who are desperate to play for Rangers. First and foremost, they want to play for us. Uh, they're going to be hurting if they're not playing for us and they're going to want to prove points. Um, I think the one that we haven't mentioned is Jamie Murphy, who it felt as if he would walk over broken glass to get up I think here. So yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and here he is. We'll, we'll, we'll sign him permanently in the summer. It's got all the makings of a great nucleus for a squad, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm just really hoping that we can now kick on and string a few results together.
0: Moving on to Saturday's game then, Hibs, and Hibbs will be without their best player, John Beaton, so a blow for them straight away. They have signed Scott Allen, who won't be sold to Rangers, I'm told. Damn. Yes. Uh, I had a, My idea was to put in a bid for Scott Allen from Dundee and then like, drive him down to Ibrox and at 11.59 just go, nah, but didn't want to do that unfortunately but it would have been funny but uh, yeah Hibbs coming now we've had two matches with them this season the 3-2 game which we should have won would have, the 2-1 game you could argue they probably were a bit unlucky and so the teams have shown, Hibs have shown that they can raise their game against the old firm to be fair against both halves of the old firm it's going to be a right ding dong game and a really good testing ground for these new players and for Graham Murthy but you know that Murphy has shown he can deliver in these big matches.
1: Yeah, he has, and and what I want is a performance similar to probably the first hour against Aberdeen, where we pressed from the front and we pressed them really high up and we forced them into playing it long. And after a wee while, that's and until the last ten minutes, that's all Aberdeen had, uh, and they created next to nothing. If we can do that and also get in the face of. Um, the ugly face that is of possibly the most overrated midfielder in Scotland, although he is very good. Um, how he's in the Scotland squad is beyond me, John McGinn.
0: Um, well, like, you explain get... that then. In all fairness, you've just said he's very good, but he's overrated. So you know, just explain. I, I think I know what you mean, but just explain it.
1: All right, he's he's very good in Hibbs' terms, uh, but I think he's lauded as if he's the he's you know as as, as if he's the next great. Box to box Midfielder He's almost lauded As if he's Graeme Souness He plays for Fucking Hibs And <laughs> Hibs can't Get rid of him You know And he's You know He's If If John McGinn Played for Rangers John McGinn Or anyone else In Scotland Bar Celtic John McGinn Would not be In the Scotland squad Don't know he's, he's Ryan Jack
0: and, yeah, I, I, and I
1: I genuinely believe He's not as good As Ryan Jack So um, he, he's 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 a good decent player, but he's he's lauded way beyond his ability. Um, he always raises his game against us. He's 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 almost like the Canala Hibbs version of Ian Jess. Um, so I'm I'm fully expecting he'll be up for it. We get in his face, and we stop him and Dylan McGeoch from getting the ball in the day. Can Rangers to win the game? It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the key battle because I think Hibbs feel. That if McGinn's having a good game, that they will do well in it. And that's fair enough, you know, everyone has got a key player or a talisman or whatever. But I think conversely with Hibbs they also feel and you can kinda of see that with them, that if he's not dominating the midfield, you can almost see the rest of their side start to second guess themselves and play with you know, not play to the full level. And I think that that's why the midfield will be key for us. Now, Jason Holt has been playing, I think, really well lately and has gone up a level and a point that that was made to me that I'd like to kind of discuss at the moment was you could see the difference, Hoggy and it's a little unfair but Andy Halliday the other night and Jason Holt, that somebody said to me that Jason Holt has gone up a couple of levels from the Championship side and Andy Halliday hasn't, and that's the difference. And there's a bit of me that's going, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Jason Holt is not a world-class player. Jason Holt's not, you know, the 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 greatest player we've ever had, but he is better than he was, and he's even better this season than he was last season. You can see the development within him uh, in a way that you can't with with Halliday. What's your thoughts? I think with Halliday, the unfortunate thing that we've done with
1: with, with the guy is bring him back and then play him as a defensive midfielder last night you know so therefore he's trying to stride out of the midfield and we've seen for the last time how however many years he's not a defensive midfielder we were saying that in the
0: championship the fans were saying that in the championship
1: yeah and I, you know, and yes we're only playing against Fraserburgh I get it but Fraserburgh Razor, Razor game is a crap pitch and so on and so on Andy Halliday has played all these days as a left back or more often than not down south as an attacking midfielder or a wide left midfielder we brought him in and from day dot because Mark Roberton largely didn't know his arse from his elbow when it came to the defence Andy Halliday was in there from the start, generally alongside Jason Holt, now Holt is playing alongside I would suggest a better calibre of defensive midfielder and therefore he's got the he's got the license to just go forward and roam a little bit and they know he's he's got that protection when Andy Halliday and Jason Holt play together they almost cancel each other out in terms of improvement if that makes sense and I think that's why we've seen Jason Holt get better over the past you know he's how many times did Ian Crocker tell us that Jason Holt's played the last 16 games in a row Mm. Uh, you know, we 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 have seen a run of games with better players. Unsurprisingly, Jason Holt looks a better player. I do I would imagine that we would see the same from Andy Halliday if we afforded him the same luxury. Um but I doubt Andy Halliday's gonna get that. I suspect he'll he'll, he'll be the rest of the, the rest of the season predominantly on the bench.
0: For me Andy Halliday can be useful to us coming off the bench when we need to show up, uh I think. But I agree with you, he's not a an out and out defensive midfielder to be one of the two and you would then say well okay he needs an opportunity further forward but there's not really a role for him further forward because I suspect Saturday will line up with Jamie Murphy, Josh Windass and uh, Daniel Candias in front of the two and behind Alfredo Morelos uh, or possibly even Jason Cummings depending on you know the becoming the modern curse of post-transfer blues, which uh, Riyad Mahrez uh, is currently undergoing and you never know if, if although, you know, Morelos was travelling up last night, he's, his Instagram feed was fine. So hopefully, um, you know, he's good and, and ready to go on Saturday. He's good record against Hibs, 2-2 two two against them. So, there doesn't seem to be that opportunity for him because he's he's not going to get in the side ahead of Jamie Murphy, is he?
1: No. And he's not going to get in the side ahead of a wind-ass, a Kadea-ass. I'll suggest right now, even a more kind of defensive-minded midfielders, he's not going to get in ahead of Holt or Goss. No chance. And that's with uh, Ryan Jack and Graeme Dordens to come back, etc. So, Halliday's going to be a squad player. I think he'll be quite a valuable squad player because you're right, he can play a number of positions. And you know fine well he's going to play those number of positions for half an hour and give... Absolutely everything for it he's not going to be one of these guys that kind of warms up by uh, almost Nico Cranchar style by wiggling his ankles and um, then gives kind of half-hearted performances so he's going to be a good guy to be in there I just don't see him starting between now and the end of the season maybe unless it's against the United
0: that front four I mentioned that's what I think we'll line up with what's your thoughts on it and would you make any changes to that
1: I would make no changes from the team that played against uh, Aberdeen and Ross County, uh, simply because they've won two and two. They lost a goal that shouldn't have been given against Ross County, although arguably the first the first penalty claim should have. Um, and I think they've earned the right to play against Hibs on Saturday.
0: I would agree with that. I think that... Uh... Jamie Murphy for me has just looked quietly impressive and he's still finding his feet but he looks like what he is which is a guy who's come from a high level to Scotland and you can just see in his movement and his touch and his reading of the game that this is a guy who's been five, six years playing at a higher level and the championship in England is a higher level than the SPFL is just a fact it is Um, but I think that you can see what he brings to the team. I think Wendas' confidence is high. And I think Candias, who I've liked with the exception of really the Hibs game and maybe a period of a week or two round about that, I've liked all season. But I think the last month or so, he's taken his game again onto a different level. So for me, they kind of pick themselves currently and they have the jerseys until there's a reason to replace them. What we discussed at the start was Josh Windass wanting to maybe drop deep and try to be a playmaker and Graham Murthy had mentioned last night that's not what I want him to do. I want him further forward, getting on the end of things and he needs to learn. And this does seem to be something that can happen with certain players that they get in their heads that they are... I don't want to say better than they are but they have a skill set that's different to what they have and I think Wayne Rooney was a good example of this where he was forever dropping back and trying to hit passes and managers would say I don't want him there, I want him further forward where he can hurt teams and he, he kind of saw himself more as a playmaker and they didn't and even if you know you, you want to look for um, an example a little bit closer to home is that I think that you, you've seen it with and um, Nico Crancher, who, you know, trying to play that quarterback role. When he, if you're going to use him at all, it should have been. I don't think you can use him at all. As he was memorably described by one of our podders this week as the ghost of Nico Crancher. He should be, you know, just behind the striker where he can at least get off the shots as he he showed the other night. And I wonder if Josh Windass is maybe a little guilty of that. Yeah, you know, I think uh,
1: Josh Windass sometimes strays into the territory of um, believing that he can play positions and play deeper that's beyond his... his it's almost his, his ambition outweighs his current ability. And, um, you know, that's true in all walks of life, not just football. Um, Josh Windas, therefore, needs the leader on the park to be telling him exactly what it is he needs to keep on doing. So, therefore, if Jason Holt's captain the side or Russell Martin's captain the side or whomever is captain the side, it's up to those guys to make sure that's happening and to make sure that he's not dropping deep and to make sure that he's hurting them where he needs to hurt them. It's also up to the likes of Jamie Murphy, etc., alongside him. You know, the, 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 these guys, and we've discussed it quite a lot in pods recently, that we're seeing Rangers as individual units being infinitely better than they've been over the past few months. The right side with Young Yankandias... The left side with uh, Elton John and now Jamie Murphy, Josh Windass is in there with Morelos, with uh, with Murphy, with Kandias. They need to be working as a unit and they need to keep on just talking to each other. If Windass starts straying, he needs bollocked. and that generally comes from players in the park.
0: The bench we mentioned earlier suddenly from being, oh God, I mean, some of the benches towards the end of, you know, just before the the, the winter break where. Functional. That there was nobody. There were players there in case somebody got hurt, and you had to put somebody on. But there was nobody that was going to be a game changer. But now you are looking at Doherty You're looking at Cummings, possibly even the likes of O'Hallor and Halliday, whatever. Suddenly, you at least have options that we didn't have even four weeks ago. Well, we've got. So
1: add Herrera to the mix oh. as your why. Big lump of wood <laughs>
0: up front. I'm sorry, if, I mean if, I'm, if, I'm I'm. look, don't want to, you know, criticise on I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing much at all there. I really but, I'm not.
1: But you know, and and in, in terms of uh, he was it as a kinda forward line um, sub. Now it's not just him, is my point. So you've got yeah, Cummings, you've got Doherty, you've got um, other guys are going to end up coming back into the fold like Dorans, like Jack, um, like guys coming back off alone. You know, your, your, your Halliday's, your Halloran's. Joe Dodo appeared from nowhere yeah, last yeah. night and, and, and got game time. This is going to be good because previously we were, you know, we we were relying on guys like Aaron Nemanee from Manchester City or at least his, his, his young brother that they sent up. Um, and you were almost getting to the stage you were just hoping that we weren't getting an injury prior to the new year
0: yeah um, well, that was the case we were just decimated so okay Hoggy prediction time? Um, I think we will I think we
1: will keep a clean sheet and we will win 2-0
0: I'm going for a hard fought 3-1 I think it'll be a game that they're in for a while, uh, but I, I fancy us to to be a wee bit too strong for them on Saturday. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed that uh, you and I are right about John McGinn and he doesn't you know turn it to, to play like a kind of Franz Beckenbauer with a spottier face. But uh, yeah, that that is definitely something to uh, something to look forward to. Going to Ibrox and uh, you know a big game. The place is going to be buzzing, and I think can't wait, just genuinely can't wait for it really looking forward to it and it's a good opportunity to keep the momentum going and, and show what this side's about I fancy Jason Cummins to get a goal even off the bench
1: It's written in the stars and um, and you know we, we, we all know that when he does score he will keep it really low key and respectful to his form, former employees.
0: Oh yeah, I mean obviously by sliding
1: on his knees and right hostile.
0: fucking up them Yes, no, uh, I agree uh, I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing him start at Easter road I think it'll be hilarious <laughs> And uh, I do think he'll do them a bit of damage Okay folks, that's pretty much it from me and Mr Hogg today Just to tell you a couple of other things of A bit of housekeeping before we go Firstly, that uh, in your feed here Another podcast will drop in over the weekend It's called The Whistleblowers It's another one from the Playback Media Stable It's an English podcast, an English-based podcast, and it's about the Premier League. But this week they invited me on as a guest, so uh, that's why you'll you'll be getting it. Um, Also, towards the end of it, uh, I kind of pointed out to them a few home truths about Scottish football and uh, who the biggest club are, etc. And uh, it's it's an interesting listen to hear how people out with this a little narrow parameter see us and uh, of course it's it's all positive because they see us as a big club who got in trouble and came back. Um, don't listen to, to people who tell you fibs about Rangers. You can also, if you are so minded, go and see me on uh, RF, uh, RTV, actually, not RFC, uh, Rangers TV because uh, a couple of months ago they do a series called uh, Games of Our Lives where they ask people you know various fans to go in and pick 10 games out um, that meant a lot to them over the years and I was one of them and I went along and did it and uh, it's a wonderful piece not because of me it's beautifully put together by the boys at RTV and that I think sparked a couple of rumours Hoggy that I am in fact working for the club which that, that, I
1: have to say and, 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 and let me give my opinion on this David because others may not believe it if it's, if it's your words yeah the 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 whole notion that the club would wish to employ they, they might do now right they might wish to employ you but you'd have no wish to go um, the 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 whole concept that the club would want to chase a guy who for fifteen years pointed out every fucking flaw going <laughs> uh, actively in the media and basically called them arseholes is tinfoil to the extreme
0: it's a, it would just be such an odd way of trying to get a job you know that uh, what i'm going to do is i'm going to point out the flaws and criticize you know dave king and before that murray etc but the blazer chaser idea um is an interesting one but no i don't work for the club uh nor do i wish to if the club ever asked me to do something for them if it's reasonable and i can help you like you know youth development whatever i'd be happy to but it's yeah, you know, I don't want to put out the party line kind of thing. I've never been interested in doing that. I'm the wrong guy to ask for it, and I quite like the fact that I'm independent. And I think that over the years I've built up a level of trust with you guys listening to this. Um, even when I was in the the RST, I think that even if you disagreed with me, you kind of got that it came from the heart, and that's and I and I wouldn't want to trade that. And also the fact is. A very important point that I think should be mentioned: I have no skill set that would be valuable to Rangers. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> honestly, the whole notion is like suggesting that I'm going to be Mark Warburton's next agent.
0: Yes, exactly. It's exactly like that. You know, and that guy's called me a cunt repeatedly. I know. Um, you know, I love Rangers very much, but I think that they need better people than me to take them to where I want them to be, selfishly. So, uh, no, I do not work for the club. But all that means for me to do is thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers, to tell you, if you do like this show, then please give our subscription services uh, a try. It's on Patreon.com. You go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com Forward slash heart and hand, and you will get all manner of goodies. I mean, the content we're putting up there is ridiculous. Only one ninety nine per month, and you will get hours and hours, literally three shows a day about Rangers. So if you're fed up with the mainstream media, hear bears talking about the club, and it's not just the day to day stuff endlessly. Although we do cover that, but we look back on the history. Hoggie's involved in a couple of shows at the moment.
1: Yep, yeah, uh, we are. Chronicling the advocate years and some fine forensic detail. We'll probably finish that in about 2021 and it seems to be going down quite well.
0: Yep. Uh, millennial Bears are younger bears who go over the, the, the decade of the 2000s with Ian McCall from the Founders Trail on. To talk about you know the, the very old days, the Gallant Pioneers. We've got uh, Happy Jack, and he's he's uh, fantastic looks at, at certain players. We've got so much, I mean, literally tactics shows. where We get guys who break everything down to the granular level. Previews of upcoming matches. You name it, it's on there. And... There's more and more appearing all the time. They don't all feature me, so if you're sick of my voice, I don't blame you. Go there and you will get loads of fresh voices. The time capsule with Martin Ramsey. Martin was born to do this fantastic show which takes a game and looks at the the year it was in and the context and everything. It's really, really good. It's very entertaining. It's $1.99. Try it for one month. If you don't like it, I'll make it right. But uh, that's it for me tonight. I'd like to thank my guest, Mr. Ian Hogg,
1: pleasure and a privilege as always uh, and here's to a good weekend
0: and I'd like to thank you all for listening I really do appreciate it my name's David Edgar and I'll talk to you again soon cheers bye Network.